Welcome back, everybody. Week three of the pylon. We had a great week. Week two. A couple changes in our lineup here tonight. Manit is still not here, but we are hoping that he will join us later for the pick segment. He just couldn't make it at the time we wanted to shoot this. But we are joined by our resident Bears expert and, you know, good friend of the part of the station here at Impact 89 FM here at Michigan State, Josh Rayapan. How you doing, my guy? How we doing? I'm doing great so far, up until Sunday, hopefully. So it'll be me, Josh, and then Kevin and Owen are here, as always. And as I said, we're trying to see if maybe we can get Manit here a little bit later just to see if he can make his picks. But for now, we will just move on. Week two, guys, what did we think? Just some quick reactions. What did we like from the action? Hey, the Ravens. Made a statement. I like it. I like it a lot. Granted, they had the aid of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbling football, but they still play competitively, even with Lamar throwing two picks early. So, I like it. Also, Jameis sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be every other week for Jameis, but I was, <laughs> I was pretty impressed with – I mean, Derek Carr is now getting these – very, very early MVP talk or whatever. Yeah. They look good. I was not impressed by the Dolphins once again. They're going to not have Tua. Uh, I mean, Dolphins could be in trouble for this season once again after looking pretty darn good last year. But um, I don't know. It was – I wasn't very good at picking, but we'll get to that. Man, I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers, he might be back. <laughs> he might be back. Uh, that terrifies me. Yeah, I mean, everyone just needs a little bit, little, little bit of the Lions in their life, which leads me to kind of the first talking point that I wanted to talk about today because we are – the closest team to us is the Lions, so we do feel obligated to talk about the Lions just a little bit. Plus, they're Kevin and Manit's favorite team, so – you know, Kevin, I thought they played a really great first half. It was one of the best halves of football I'd seen from the Lions in quite a few years. Uh, second half, not so much. It went basically completely downhill. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it was um, – I was excited the first half. I was like, okay, like, this is good. Like, part of me was like, okay, like, we're, like, we're supposed to lose. But the fact that they were in the game, I was like, okay, I like, it actually invested myself in that game. So I was expecting uh, Rodgers to come out right off the gate and just start – throwing dots and I thought it was gonna be like you know like 28 seven a half or something like that but the lines were up by three at half and I was good I was like okay like we got a chance here and then all of a sudden <laughs> I don't know if I don't know what happened I don't know something just something just turned in, in the in the locker room uh for both sides both for the Packers and the Lions so uh, the Lions started looking like the Lions and Aaron Rodgers, just like how Josh said, you know, he might be back. And that's what we said last week. I said, you know, I'm not going to take, you know, one week and just, you know, apply it to the whole season for the Packers. And we were right. You know, Rodgers came out prime time against the Lions and um, showed up. So. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the Packers looked really good. There was no way around it. Aaron Jones, of course, popped off. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, like I said in the last podcast, do not panic about the Packers. It was week one, and of course they came out. I mean, it's not too much of a statement against 
blind defense, but still, either way, it's pretty impressive. Definitely a big bounce back week that the Packers needed, and then they're going to play the 49ers, so that's going to be another big week. But um, I don't know. Detroit, they have a lot of stuff to work on. That's pretty darn clear. At times, golf looked really good, and then at times he just fell apart. It was that second half was brutal. Um, I don't know; it's exactly what I expected the season to be like. I expect a lot more with losses as well. A top three pick for the Lions, hopefully number one. That would be nice, but if as long as it's a top three pick, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean the Packers. You always know their offense is going to show up at some point in the season. But specifically for me, watching the game in the second half, what really impressed me the most was their defense. They really turned it up in the second half, especially their rookie. Eric Stokes Jr. made some nice plays in the second half. That you know, I, I mean, you look at a guy like Kevin King, and you know, he was essentially one of the main reasons why that team isn't playing in the Super Bowl that last year. And can Eric Stokes be that guy defensively to be that second corner alongside Jerry Alexander? We'll have to see. And for the Lions, I mean, this this just goes through what they are. I mean, they have a losing culture, and I hate to say it, but, you know, something has to go, whether it be the owners, the GM, the coaching staff. It's just continual with this team, no matter what. And it starts up front because, you know, I've been fan of teams which have had horrible owners. And just that that – that wanting to win within the organization is what separates it. I mean, Michael's a, a Browns fan, and, you know, I'm sure he's had his days of suffering, you know, throughout the middle 2000s with the Browns. But once you get a GM or once you find the right coach, that's all it takes, just having a mentality like that to close these type I mean, of games out. I mean, yeah, that could be, you know, Campbell and, um, yeah, that, that, that could be Campbell. You know, obviously it's year one of him. And uh, Brad Holmes at GM, so obviously, like you know, they're there's on paper they're supposed to lose that game. The fact that they're even in that game in the first place, I don't know if that speaks more about them or speaks more about just the Packers still start. I think it says a little bit about the Lions, just the fact that they have the ability to play good. Uh, it's going to be a matter of consistency for them, and you know, hopefully, you know, the more pieces they get, which it starts up with the O line, which that's probably the strong point of their offense or the whole team is really that O line. Um, the, the, I, ironically, the two things that they didn't have with Stafford was an O-line and a rushing attack is now what they do have with Jared Goff. So, um, granted, you know, they still got years to go in this rebuild, but, you know, the first half looked good. Yeah, I was excited that they still played competitively in that first half. Yeah, I just – I think you just got to give it time. You know, a lot of these things – you know, people look at what happened with the Rams with McVay. They look at what happened with the Browns with Stefanski, you know – to a lesser extent, like what happened with the Niners and Shanahan, like they think that this should just work right away. And a lot of the times that's just not the case. Stefanski inherited the best team the Browns have had since the last time that they ever won a championship. I mean, he inherited a really great team. That's only problem was the head coach. It's like when you put a quarterback into a situation where the only problem that they had was the quarterback. So I just think the Lions don't have that. And it's not like they're a quarterback away. It's not like they're a pass rusher away or they're a lot of pieces away. And so, I mean, I think especially for Lions fans, you know, if they do happen to get the number one pick, which there's a lot of teams that seemingly want it this year. I don't know if you go quarterback even in this year's draft because there's just so many other needs. I think 
Thibodeau out of Oregon could be an option, maybe reassuring that offensive line once again. Just yeah. they need pieces. You can't just put a quarterback in to a bad team and expect him to change everything. So, yeah, yeah so exactly. You can't just plug the quarterback in. You need to build the team around it and then put the quarterback in. And then it will all like then it's all going to look good. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, higher stand that they shouldn't get a QB this year. And honestly, I just don't on, on top of that, I just don't think the draft class for QBs here is going to be good. I mean, Spencer Radler, I mean, he has, you know, he's shown he's shown signs that he's good, but he also has shown signs where he's really, really bad. Um, and you look at Sam Howell, Sam Howell is going to struggle. I think his, his year is going to be tainted because he lost four of his five targets from last year uh, to the draft. So uh, so he's basically throwing the dining hall employees right now a bunch of guys that he doesn't have that chemistry with. So he's going to look bad. Uh, you got Slovis at USC. You got Brock Purdy at Iowa state, but none of those guys really jump out to me. Uh, if JT Daniels gets back healthy, he might show up later, here later in the season for Georgia. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, it, I think, you know, building around, um, you know, b- building around QB and going from outside in is going to be the best, which is why as much as I wanted fields when they had him, I didn't expect him to be there. Granted the, I just I didn't think he was going to be there as much as I wanted him. I knew that Sewell was probably the best for the future. But now with Fields being on the Bears, it's kind of like, uh oh, you know, because is it's Fields going to be the next Rodgers? Is he going to be the guy that dominates and takes the NFC North? And if that happens, it's kind of like it's bittersweet in a way because you're like, you did the right thing. You did what you're supposed to do, but you didn't expect the Bears to trade up and go get Fields. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the Justin Fields talk a little bit later because some big news out of Chicago today that Justin Fields will be starting this weekend against the, against my Browns, actually, which is kind of interesting. But we'll get more on to that later. I want to move into something that Kevin mentioned during his reactions. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, everybody. I mean, the dude put on his cape. He put that ass on his chest. And he willed the Ravens to a victory over the Chiefs. He was by far the best player on the field, and that field had Patrick Mahomes on it. So, I mean, what do you think? Can the Ravens, do they match up with the top teams in the AFC? They just proved that they can beat one, but can they make it count later in the year? Exactly. That's that's the thing. That's the key is, you know, they've done this before. You know, they've shown that they have signs of life here in the regular season, early in the regular season. But the thing is, you know, they get to the – playoffs and they lay an egg that offense that revolves around Lamar and his running ability it, it, it goes it goes down the toilet because you know they're playing playoff teams and they're playing teams that have most likely played him before in the season with that being said you know everybody knows his play style they know the way he plays they know his strength isn't really throwing the ball as crazy as that sounds being QB you know at least when it comes to throwing down field I should say um so it's going to be it's it's the, their season is, is resting on Lamar and his ability to throw the ball downfield because we, we've seen the same thing before. He's able to run all throughout the regular season, but if that running game goes down the drain, which it probably will, especially since it revolves around him at QB and they definitely don't have the guys at halfback due to injury, you know, it's going to rely on his ability to, th- to throw the ball. So if he can show that he can consistently throw the ball downfield accurately, then I think the Ravens could legitim- could legitimately be a threat this year. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind Lamar Jackson in the regular season is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, yeah. But like, like Kevin was saying, um, 
happens in just about every year. Lamar has not shown up in the playoffs. Of course, he did win, finally won a playoff game last year, which was long overdue. But um, they still barely, they still barely got that one too. Right, and I just, I have no confidence when it comes to playoff Lamar. There's the defense because defenses just tend to step up in those situations. Exactly. There's so little room of error in the playoffs. And at times it just seems like Lamar crumbles in the big spots like that. So um, I'm sure the Ravens are going to have a really good regular season record, but I don't expect them to go far in the playoffs. Maybe they'll win another game, but just until Lamar proves me wrong in the playoffs, I just won't have that belief. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't get paid to win games. You get paid to win playoff games at the end of the day. Exactly. And, you know, Lamar, I get it. You may be the most disrespected MVP winner that I've known in the past maybe five, ten years. And there's no credit that what he can do. He can run. He could pass someone he can't pass at an elite level yet. But, you know, what worries about the Ravens isn't Lamar's play. It's the fact that offensive line, really. You're in with the worst offensive line than last year. Defensively, you lose Marlon Humphrey for the year. You're on your running back by committee now. So he's not really getting much help out the backfield, too. And just all those combined with, you know, what you said, the enhanced defense in the playoffs. That just worries me for the Ravens team as a whole. And can Lamar be able to take that load on him in the playoffs? I don't think he's quite at that level yet. Yeah, I mean, that – I mean, everything you guys said is completely valid. I. I think a lot about that game when I was, you know, watching, especially the second half. I mean, the Chiefs were dominating that game. And to me, it felt more like, you know, sure, Lamar played spectacular down the stretch. I'm not trying to take that away from him. He was absolutely, he was special. But I think, I mean, that game showed me a little bit more about the Chiefs and their defense. Their defense has problems. Exactly, it does. Their defense is where it was a couple of years ago when they made that AFC Championship game against New England, and it was like, oh, well, it's their defense is problem. It's right back to that. Now, I understand yeah. they have some injuries. Yeah, they haven't had Tyran Matthew for a few weeks. He's been out due to COVID. But, like, I mean, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't fumble the ball, the Chiefs run out or win that game easily. And yeah. I think – the Ravens made the only move with that last play. The only move, the only decision you could have possibly made was to go for that because everyone knows, everyone on the planet knows if they give the ball back to Mahomes there with a minute left, Mahomes is going to get a field goal out of it. Absolutely, without a doubt, he was going to get a field goal out of it. So they made the only move that I think, and I think every coach in the league, I mean, a lot of people are putting on it for Harbaugh, you know, but the, the, you know, the thing of him asking Lamar, you know, should we go for it? I don't know a single coach in the NFL who wouldn't have gone for that. I really don't. Yeah. Um, but it, you just have to. And fortunately, it all worked out because, you know, you got Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and he can just run up the middle for five yards and get you a first down. But the Chiefs gave that game away. Let's just be real. Their defense definitely has issues, especially on the back end. And, I mean, again, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just holds on to the football, they, they win that game. Going like, They win that game. So – you know, I, I'm going to give credit to the Ravens. I'm going to give credit to Lamar Jackson. He, he was phenomenal. But, you know, we got to see it down the line and against those good teams. I mean, they got the Browns twice late in the year. They got the Steelers, I think, twice late in the year. They have a brutal ending of their schedule. And it's just – it's going to be tough to even see. They're probably going to be one of those teams battling for a playoff spot probably later in the year 
unless they can really pull the way here early and get that division title. So let's move away from that for a little bit. Um, one thing I did just kind of want to touch on, but we don't really have to talk about it because of the chiefs loss, the Broncos and the Raiders are actually winning the AFCs. They're tied at two and O over the chiefs and chargers. The people that everyone said was like, Oh, those are the two teams that are going to go be going to the playoffs because the Broncos and the Raiders at the top. And I understand it's like, week two like it and the other two teams are one and one it's not like it's like a massive pull away but the broncos and the raiders fellas are leading the afc west yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> did not expect to see that uh teddy two shoes over in denver seems to be doing something right um so that's good to see it's good to see him back playing healthy again and actually having a legitimate starting spot right now sucks for drew lock um but you know that's that's just the way it goes um, Vegas, I almost said Oakland, but Vegas, they're an interesting team. They had a good win against, uh, Baltimore. That was a good win for them. And then week two, um, they played a Steelers team that was coming off of a big win against Buffalo. Um, so with the Raiders, it's, well, both of those teams, it's kind of like, you know, how long is this going to last? You know, is this just the, uh, is this just the early season struggles for everybody or is this, uh, or are the Broncos and Vegas, are they actually legitimate teams that can make a threat or can, or can, can be a threat? Um, you know, I think both of those teams, it, it relies on how consistent uh, their QBs can be because, you know, Teddy Tushus isn't, you know, I mean, he's not bad, but he's not the greatest guy either. Derek Carr, I don't know. He's a mixed bag. You know, he's, I really don't know. It's uh, again, I know it's cliche, but I think both of those teams is going to rely on how consistent um, both of their QBs can be. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I still expect the Chiefs to win this division outright. But um, the Raiders' hot start is really impressive. Uh, their defense was pretty impressive to me as well. They had a couple of, like, uh, Brian Edwards stepped up in big spots. Henry Ruggs looked really good for them. Uh, but the Broncos this season, if Bridgewater can continue playing like he is right now, they could definitely make some noise, uh, possibly get in the wild card as well. Um, but like last year, Drew Locke was just terrible for them. I didn't like him at all. Um, but if Bridgewater, if he can go back to what he was like with the Vikings, I mean, I, I don't see why not they could just make a playoff run and possibly make a postseason there. But it should be actually a really close division right now. It looks like a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, looking at the Broncos, I mean, look at their head coach, Vic Fangio. You know that Vic Fangio team's always going to have a top five defense. And look <clears> at them <throat> last year, maybe maybe not top five, but certainly an elite level defense. And you look at the team last year to this year, you know that defense is still going to be, you know, top of the bunch in the NFL. And you look at the pass rush, you look at the corners, you look at their safeties, they're pretty strong. And the really only question was like what Kevin said, at quarterback with Drew Locke. And Teddy Bridgewater has always been a solid game manager quarterback. And sometimes that's all you need in the NFL sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you pass less than 10 times in the NFC championship? And they still made it to the Super Bowl. So you just need a guy right there who can just make the right play at the right time. And you know what you're getting with Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to win you a game. He's not going to – he's not going to – how do I say this? He's not gonna. He's not gonna be like Patrick Mahomes, where he's gonna like take you know, make you bet, make you take over a game. Exactly. But he'll win you a game, and that's all you can ask for in that division. 
with that defense, you'll take that 99% of the time. And for the Raiders, I mean, Derek Carr, I always thought Derek Carr was one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think he gets way too much hate for what he's worth. I think he's a great game manager. I think he can make some special plays at times. Obviously, you know, you take the good with the bad. Sometimes he does make an errant play or two. But in John Gruden's system, especially now with that defense, and one thing about that defense, Max Crosby, that, that guy can be special with, it, with, with that defense. That I, I look at him, yeah. Because they're, they're generating pressure down there in Oakland. Or not Oakland. <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> see what Kevin did, but um, – yeah, they're, they're, I like what they're building there. Um, do I think they're this is their year? It's it's so hard because that, that it's early, it's early, but that division is just so stacked. I just I just think they're going to fall off more likely than the Broncos, more so because the Broncos' depth is you know what I think separates them from Las Vegas. Yeah, Josh, I I agree with you almost to a T about Denver. I've said this to multiple people about Denver, and I firmly believe it. Denver's like. We were just talking about the Lions and about being there's those teams that are a quarterback away. Denver is literally a quarterback away from potentially winning the Super Bowl. Their mm-hmm. roster is incredible besides the quarterback position. I mean, you look at they have the receivers, they have the offensive line, they have the defense. Like they would be a team that, I mean, yeah, say if they had Aaron Rodgers, they would prob they would definitely challenge the Chiefs at the top of that division. They would be a real threat in the AFC. I mean, as for the Raiders, I mean, we never, I mean, they're kind of a mixed bag as we've all talked about. You never, like, they'll get off to like a really hot start. They did it last year. And then exactly. down the stretch, they they can't figure it out. They can't put it together. John Gruden's got a very interesting coaching style that isn't for everybody. But Derek Carr's playing very well. That defense has taken a massive step up from last year. But I'm concerned about the Josh Jacob injury issues. He's basically been hurt now for two years straight and he just missed he's now out for a little bit more time I don't know if he's coming back this week or not so I wouldn't quote me on that but I'm just you know I don't know if they're struggling to get rugs integrated into the offense who they spent a first round pick on it's just they're kind of like an island of misfit toys I don't really even know what to think about the Raiders but you know I think they they played with a little they played with a lot of emotion to beat the Ravens on that opening night Monday night game and then, I mean, they played a Steelers, a Steeler team who can't move the ball on offense. I mean, like the Steelers probably have the worst offense in football behind. Well, that might be a case, though. And that actually leading me to my next point. The, the worst offense might be the Jets. Let's be real yes. here. Zach Wilson threw four interceptions against the Patriots as Bill Belichick strikes again against rookie quarterback. Now, I wouldn't say I watched. I watched the highlights of that game. I just wanted to see, you know, how the interceptions were. And really, the defense really wasn't doing anything fancy. Zach Wilson just completely overthrew the ball on, I think, three out of the four. And then the one was tipped, and McCourty made it. McCourty made a really sweet play. I don't know if anyone saw, but, I mean, he literally tipped the ball to his own. Like, it was beautiful. It was a something you see smart players do. But, I mean, Zach Wilson it just looked like he was just trying to do too much. But I want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on it. Among, if you guys want to talk about any of the other rookies that are standing out to you so far through two weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is the danger that you go through when you get a guy that went to a school like BYU, um, and all of a sudden he starts just jumping up the draft board, and you're like, you know, where was this guy years ago? Um, Because, you know, Fields had already established himself in college. Lawrence obviously already established established himself in college. And then all of a sudden you got this guy from BYU, Zach Wilson, who just pops up out of the blue, you know, this is the 
danger that you go through when you when you have a team that drafts a guy um that you know that has the hype for you know kind of i guess like a kind of a one-year wonder type of college season which we saw the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky, he had that good season at UNC, and I wasn't hype on him just because I'm like, well, you know, who is this guy? I have not heard about him since this year. Um, the same thing was – I'm going through the same thing with Wilson. I'm like, who is this guy? This is the first year I've heard of him, you know, when when, when he played in college last year. And now I think we're seeing the effects of it. Um, and I think part of it is that, you know, now in this day and age, QBs, QBs are really expected to be – I don't want to say, you know – elite but they're 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 expected to be somewhat decent right off the bat um you know because really just you know five to ten years ago it was expected where if you drafted the qb he was going to sit you know a year or two before he was ready to go out there now it's like boom like you're expected to be the guy um but i think that's hard especially when you get drafted to a team like the jets oh yeah unless you're fields yeah fields yeah fields and mac jones got lucky honestly it's probably better that fields dropped because He's because else he might be on the Jets. Um, but yeah, it's um, I'm not sure. It's so early. Uh, obviously, that team is not good either. Um, his receivers weren't doing him much justice either because they weren't getting separation at all. Uh, the O line is bad. Just the whole team is bad. But Wilson's interceptions are a little bit concerning to me, just because yeah, like how you said, Michael, three out of the four were just playing out his fault. You know, the fourth one got tipped, but there was a lot of stuff going on that fourth on that fourth one or the one where it did get tipped. Um, his receivers had no separation at all. His O-line didn't block a three-man rush. They had two guys blocking each other like Florida back a few years ago. They had, they had guys just blocking each other like it's practice. Um, but I don't know. It's only week two. I'll give them more time. That team is just bad. <laughs> like that team is bad. Like it's, it's not good in New York right now. Not, not good at all. Kind of building off what Kevin just said. Um, I mean, Zach Wilson has been throwing the wolves all over there in New York. There, he got no blocking whatsoever. If you go back and watch, the Jets' O line was doing terrible on some of his um, interceptions with blocking against the Patriots. But I mean, Zach Wilson was also trying to do too much on a couple of those interceptions. Uh, but just like Kevin said, the entire New York Jets team is just terrible. But also Trevor Lawrence, he he doesn't look good either right now. I mean, these rookie quarterbacks are being put in situations that they just can't thrive in. But uh, other rookies, Greg Newsom with the the Browns has looked really good on defense so far. Penny Sewell, I've been impressed with him um, to this point for the Lions. And Micah Parsons also with uh, – He's looking good as well. So a few rookies that have really stood out to me are those, but um, definitely looking for some improvement. I don't expect much from Zach Wilson. I don't think he'll ever be anything in his career. Watching him in college, I wasn't really impressed at BYU, especially when they played uh, Coastal Carolina. Carolina. Um, I don't know. This, I From day one, once the draft happened, I just thought – Zach Wilson wouldn't be anything. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see him ever being anything in the NFL. And I can see the Jets going getting another quarterback in two to three years in the draft or something like that. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for Kevin for bringing up Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> but um, yeah, with Zach Wilson, I mean, you look at the interceptions, and you look at like that compared to like Justin Fields' interception this week. 
And that interception was just beautiful play design by the defense. I mean, that was that was just a perfect fake blitz. Linebacker drops back right in the shallow cross. I mean, you're, you're not going to complain about that because, you know, he's a rookie. But Zach Wilson, I mean, these are just errant throws for three of them. Just horrible placement. You're not even giving your receiver a chance. And like we said, I mean, it, it comes down to this. What competition do you face in college? And most times, maybe you get a special case like Josh Allen from Wyoming. But, you know, I think the difference was Josh Allen had incredible arm talent that you could tell on tape, though. And, you know, that, that's the difference I see with Zach Wilson versus him. And also Micah Parsons. I mean, this guy was supposed to be like, what, a top five pick before the season started? Then he just decides to opt out? I mean, the talent was always there for him. I think it's just unfortunate that, you know, he happens to be in a draft with, you know, four generational quarterbacks in it, or draft prospects, I should say. And, you know, just a very high offensive draft. And, you know, corners as well with Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn. Both have been somewhat very impressive so far, especially Sertain. So, for me, I, I think, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. But for me, the defensive stars of this draft have been very impressive too. Gosh, I love that you're giving giving love to the defensive side of the ball. That's always, you know, defense always gets forgotten a lot. Um, as for Wilson, I mean, I just think I heard this on Sports Talk this morning. I don't know if it was this morning or if it was yesterday, but it made a lot of sense to me. You look at how, like, what are the Patriots doing with Mac Jones? What are we seeing from, you know, Justin Fields in his, you know, few reps that he's taking for the Bears and that we'll maybe see later this week? But it's a lot of short passes. They're, they're not asking the quarterback to really do all that much. And it's a little bit different for what the Jaguars are asking Trevor Lawrence to do. And especially what the Jets are asking Zach Wilson to do. They are asking him to push the ball downfield and be a playmaker. When the fact is he's not ready for that because windows in the NFL are only open for sometimes like a half second in college, they could be open for forever. But in the NFL, those windows aren't open. And so he's seeing things that are open in college, but in the NFL, that throw's not open. But the Jets are putting it on him. They're expecting him to make that play that the Patriots, they're not asking Mac Jones to make that throw. I mean, you just watched the two quarterbacks against each other this weekend. Mac Jones didn't have a pass that went like any farther than like 10 yards downfield. Like usually at all, he scored two. I think he had two touchdown passes off of a screen pass. So, but that's what the good organizations do. He Bill Belichick knows exactly what to do with the rookie quarterback. It's you're not asking Mac Jones to make too much. You build up that confidence. And then eventually then you let him make those throws downfield that he was making in Alabama when he's more confident that he can make him and he understands the windows. Zach Wilson's in the complete opposite scenario. The Jets are expecting him to know that right now. And it's just, it's not college anymore, but it's way too early to really judge any of these guys. They're still going to be, you know, there's going to be seasons on seasons of these guys for year to come, years to come, but I bet it hurt the Jets just a little bit to watch Sam Darnold play as well as he did this weekend against New Orleans. So, but we're going to move on to another rookie quarterback, and this is this is what we're all here for. I mean, right? So, you know, Josh, we're going to start with you because I want to let you get your thoughts in on this. Justin Fields is finally starting. Now it took an injury to get him in the lineup, but you know what? It took an injury to get Baker Mayfield in the lineup. It took an injury to get Justin Herbert in the lineup. So. How are you feeling? Uh, what What do you want to see from Justin this week? What 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 are like your expectations as he makes his NFL debut in Cleveland? Basically, uh, 
basically just don't be Zach Wilson, essentially. <laughs> that's basically, you know, uh, that's basically the bar it's set for him is, you know, don't try to do too much. Just, you know, take what the defense gives you. I mean, yeah, he's uh, in Cleveland. Um, so it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a good test for him. I'm actually kind of excited to see how he does. Um, Cause yeah, he's, he got Miles Garrett on the, on the other side. So it's always going to be a tough, uh, tough task. But yeah, I think with fields, it's just a matter of just, yeah, just trying not to do too much. I mean, really, I shouldn't say he has nothing to lose, but it's, you know, he can kind of, uh, I don't know what's the right word for it. More just, you know, just play free. Just go out there, have fun, make make throws, um, and again, yeah, just don't just don't force the ball. That's really the main thing is just try to limit your mistakes, but don't be, but don't play conservative because you're trying to limit mistakes. You know, still play the way you want to play, but you know, don't tense up, don't get conservative because you're trying not to make a mistake because that's how you do end up making a mistake by not doing by not doing anything at all. Um, so, yeah. Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, no, go, ahead, like Josh, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was waiting for Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah this, so, this is his team, so he can go and go. You know, I, I, you know, I'm very upset about Andy Dalton because you know he was playing pretty solid in that game too. And when I look at Andy, you know, he, actually, I was, I was gonna say he couldn't make play with his legs, but um, he was picking up some first downs like with his legs. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe you can move around a bit. But um, with Justin, you know. Here's what I want to see. I want to see him get him involved in the run game. Like, get, give him some read options. You know what you got in David Montgomery. He, Montgomery, I, I'm willing to say he's a top 10 running back in this league. You know, you know he's good. Your, the run game's going to be good with him. So, you know what? Make the defense think. This is a top defense you're facing. You're facing a great pass rush. What you need to do is get him outside the pocket, move the protection around, give him some time, let him roll out where he's most comfortable at. And, you know, in terms of passing, I say give him the whole playbook. I think I think he has an arm. I think he has the accuracy. You saw last week with a near touch on to Allen Robinson. He can make those plays down the field, I think. So, so what I want to see is more or less I know what I'm getting with Justin. I'm getting an athlete. I know he's going to make accuracy, uh, accurate throws. I would like to see him in his decision-making speed up a bit. That's the one main thing with him. Sometimes he holds the ball too long in the pocket. Takes too long to throw, won't take the underneath route or the shallow route at times. So for him, I want to see that clock sped up, which hopefully, you know, a weak rep with the ones. Hopefully that clock builds up. But also Nagy with the play calling. I want to see him open up a bit, get him outside on some draws, get some designed runs for him. You know, like we said, you have if you're if you're gonna make face an elite defense, make them think about the quarterback. And then once they once they think about the quarterback, you're set. You know, just toss it over. Get those shallow routes, those crossing routes, Darnell Mooney. And, you know, I want to see him utilize Allen Robinson. You have a top 10 wide receiver. Get some routes for him. Make, make, sure, make it easy on your rookie quarterback. You have these weapons for a reason. Yeah, I mean, everything that Josh just said is totally accurate. Um, I would like to see him. Just get some simple crossing routes and just out routes just to build that confidence against a really good Browns defense just to start the game, and then you can kind of build from there. But like you said, you have weapons. Um, Allen Robinson, just about every year it seems like Robinson 
such a good wide receiver, and he has that potential, but he hasn't had that quarterback to throw to him. I mean, Mitch Trubisky has really struggled to get him the ball, but now you got Justin Fields. You have that chance. Um, Robinson could have a big season now that if Fields remains a starter, I know the reason for him being the starter now because of Nagy was that um, Dalton is still hurt or whatever. So if if Fields has a good game, it's really hard to go back to him. It wouldn't shock me because it's uh, freaking Matt Nagy. But um, just continue to build confidence with Justin Fields. Show that this is the guy that we drafted. This Show confidence, um, but also use Montgomery a lot. Find Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. He could be a really good uh, wide receiver as well. But just use those guys. You're going to have to probably score a lot, too, against um, – against Cleveland because they they're going to get Odell back this week as well. But um, if Fields can do what we've seen in glimpses so far of him, because we haven't seen him a lot, um, he could definitely win this ballgame for the Bears. The only thing that I disagree with you, both of you guys on with what you just said, is the fact that the Browns have a good defense. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, the Browns in defense so far this season do not go together, like, whatsoever. Tyrod Taylor, I don't think – I think he's a one incomplete pass the entire first half. If Tyrod Taylor stays in that game, I think the Browns lose last week. And that's just me saying that as a Browns fan. I definitely think they lose that game. Um, they got things to figure out. But I'll get to more on that later when we actually, you know, pick this game and talk a little bit more about it. But, no, I'm not happy with the Browns' defensive performance so far through two weeks. But as for Fields – I mean, yeah, I just, I really want to see him succeed. I mean, everyone knows I got a little bit of Buckeye blood in me. It's just kind of who I am. Like Justin feel like I love Justin. I love him to death. You know, that, that sugar bowl will always be remembered and go down to Ohio state lore. And I just, I really think that he's, he's special. I think he's the one quarterback, the one rookie that I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is probably, he can get better, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be, mostly the same throughout his entire career. I don't think he's going to get much better than what he is right now. I think, you know, Trey Lance, he's got, he's really raw and he's got a lot of, you know, work ahead of him. Same with Zach Wilson. I think they're very similar. Mac Jones, I don't really think he has much of a ceiling. and always kind of like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's kind of, I mean, he's going to get, he's obviously going to get a little bit better with experience, but Justin Fields is the one that I look at and it's just, he could be so good with just the ability that he has with the arm that he has with the, with the running ability that he has. I mean, he's just kind of like, he kind of reminds me of a, a smaller version of Cam Newton. Um, and we all know that Cam's career was sidetracked by a shoulder injury, or, I mean, Cam was an MVP and one of the most dominant MVPs we've seen in the last decade. So, I mean, that's kind of what I see in Justin Fields. And that's what I hope we see. Unfortunately, his debut has got to come against my Browns. So, I can't pull for him this week, but I will be pulling for him very hard, you know, the rest of the way. Cause I think that division is, it's gettable. I don't, you know, I'm still not impressed with green Bay. They did play Detroit. I, I do believe that that division is winnable for Chicago. So I, I think they can go get it. So I will be pulling for Justin after this week for every week beyond this, but this week, no, I'm sorry. It's go Browns, but we'll get into that. Uh, like I said, a little bit later when we do pick this game, but we're going to go into a well, it's a new segment, but it's an old segment, and it's one that we played last year. 
And I don't know how many, you know, NBA on TNT fans that we have listening to this podcast, but it's a little bit of who he play for where I have scoured rosters of teams and I have found four of the most, I mean, they're journeymen, they're obscure, uh, just random guys who you probably wouldn't know what team that they're on. So, you know, if you guys have paper or anything, you can bring that up and we'll show that on the screen for your picks. If not, just, you know, we're on Zoom. Just shoot me a DM on Zoom, like, where you think that they play for, and that will be fine. I'll make sure that I read off all the picks or whatever. So the first player that I want to get to, I will not be playing in this, obviously, because I obviously know the answer. So this will just be the three of you. Um, the first one that I want to get to, journeyman quarterback, uh, you know, Browns legend. One, of, He's on the Browns, you know, 30, 30 quarterback jerseys. Colt McCoy. Who does Colt McCoy play for right now? That is the question. Feel free to, you know, think out loud, you know, do whatever you want. Um, and, and I'll give you guys a three, two, one to either show up your piece of paper on your camera or you can just shoot me a DM on oh. Zoom. But who does Colt McCoy play now? For now, not who does he play, but. All right, I got Kevin's answer, and I have Owen's answer. We're just kind of waiting on Josh. Okay, so everyone has put in their guesses. Kevin and Josh have both said that Colt McCoy plays for the Colts. Owen believes that he plays for the Giants. Now, while Owen, he did play for the Giants last season. He does not play for the Giants this season, but – he doesn't play for the Colts either. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. He's backing up. What? Larry. Yo, what? No, I can swear to you. Yeah, I know. I, I could have sworn I saw him in preseason on the Colts. Yeah, no, I saw him in Madden. No, I saw him in Madden <laughs> on the Colts. What? what? No, no, yeah. Colts no, got to be wrong. Tyler. Yo, when did that happen? I, oh, my God. I might have been thinking of Sam Ellinger. Because of the Maybe. I'll, oh, yeah. Yeah, because of Texas. Long Texas, Texas quarterback, guys. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was. Dang. Oh, man. I thought I had that one. Yeah, so no one gets on the board here. Like I said, these are tough. Like, these are journeyman guys. Some of these guys are just obscure. But next one's a real journeyman. I didn't even know that he was still in the league until I found him on a roster. So this one should be very interesting. Danny Amendola. Oh. Oh, no. Who does Danny Amendola play? Like I said, I didn't even know that he was in the league until I saw him. Just like, I mean, I literally got these probably like an hour ago, but like I didn't know he's still in the league, but who does he play for? So I have Josh's pick. Josh has who made his. And so has Owen. Who does he play for? I'm just going to take a wild guess here. I felt like I've seen him on this team. I don't know if he is not. I think with the lines, I just didn't keep tabs on I don't know. This okay, might be right. So Josh says the Dolphins. Owen says the Jets and then asks me, didn't he just get signed? Kevin goes with the Texans. Now, I don't know. I don't know when these rosters get updated. This is off of CBS, the CBS app, because that's like the only app that I can like see the rosters. So maybe, maybe he just got signed by the Jets. I don't think so. According to the roster that I saw, Dammy Amendola is on the Houston Texans. So there he is. Go. Okay, I could have sworn I saw him get picked. I remember up. I saw him like got a touchdown sometime. I got like an overcation for it. I could have yeah, sworn I thought it was Dolphins. He went back to play for Casario, who was the former, formerly worked for the Patriots, <laughs> now the GM over there in Houston. So 
kind of makes sense. But like I said, I, I didn't even know the dude was still in the league. So, but good for Danny Amendola. Still, he's still going. So Kevin's on the board here with a point. Let's go. Uh, there's still his time. I still got two more players. All right, so bet, bet, bet. We're gonna go to this next one, who was a really good player in his prime, but he's kind of older now. How about Ryan Kerrigan? That's a name oh, I've true. heard in years. <laughs> yeah, oh my Ryan god, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, kind of like Amendola. I didn't really know he was still in the league, but yeah. he is. And so, you know. Dude, that's a name I have not heard in years. <sighs> Ryan Kerrigan. What? I think I've seen I've seen the name somewhere. Oh, my. Former Purdue oh. maker. Owen has his guess in. Dude. I have, I'm, I have no clue. Where? Josh is in. I'm just going to go – is he – I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this team has a lot of white defensive linemen, linebackers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like when I've been just messing with this team in Madden franchise mode, I feel like I've seen one that team at least once. I don't know if he's still there. Okay, Kevin, I don't know where you're going with that, but, you know, saying that you know, the Browns <laughs> just have a bunch of, you know, white linebackers. <laughs> Um, you know, but so actually, Josh, I really like your guess with Buffalo because that honestly probably would have been my guess. Uh, but Ryan Kerrigan, the former player for the Washington football team, has actually stayed in the division. And oh, and you are exactly right. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know when oh. that happened. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> no, oh, my yeah. no, I, I should have known that because I've I have friends that are Eagles fans or whatever, and one of them was like, oh, wow, like Kerrigan. I remember that was a big deal about how he, he – yeah, because I remember he said something about that. Like he wanted to stay in the division. I remember him saying something about that. Either him or somebody online like made a big deal about how he was staying in the uh, – yeah, staying in the NFC East. Oh, I should have knew that one. Yeah, so Ryan Kerrigan just wants to keep picking on the Cowboys, I guess, a little bit. I guess that's part of the – probably was part of the appeal. But finally, our final player, we're going to – we're gonna we're gonna go to you know Michigan State here. We gotta get a Spartan involved in all right, all right, all right. as you know, we are we are basically broadcasting this through a Michigan State vessel here. So the final player is a player that for I mean, yes, former Spartan, but let's see, do you guys know who he plays for in the NFL? Malik McDowell. I'll even give you a hint. He's a defensive lineman for those. Yeah, I remember. Him. I remember him. He had attitude but he problems. He is in the league once again. Yeah, I remember. Had, I saw. He had, little, he had a little run in with some legal troubles, but yeah. he's back. But who does he play for now? Malik McDowell. Oh no! I remember Mike Valeni on ninety-seven-one was talking about this. I remember. I know this. I know this. I know this one. I remember this like a while because I remember he did good in the preseason for this team. I remember Valeni was like, hey, this could be something because this team that got him basically, they could have something good with him. If he actually, you know, gets his attitude problems in check, that this team could have, he could be for what they got him for, he could be a pretty good asset, add to that depth on that roster. Okay. So everyone's picks are locked in. Kevin has said the Browns. Owen has said it's the Brownies. And Josh says it's the Chargers. Oh, I'm getting the Golden Sombrero. And, yes, it is the Cleveland Browns. Yes. You got to play for my Browns. 
Yes. Uh, Zach's really dominant. He's like exactly, yeah. He's like top ten right now in terms of ranked defensive like yeah. tackles. Like the dude is absurd. The Browns got him for nothing, and yeah. he like like nobody he, wanted he, to take a chance on him. Like I said, yeah, yeah. he always had, had, he's had a he's had a rough time since he played professionally, but he's turned he's turned his life around, and now he's he's balling out in Cleveland. Yeah, he really that, is. Yeah. I, just, I mean, for all the Spartan fans listening to this, if you want to see you know, a Spartan playing really well in the NFL, like turn on some Cleveland Browns highlights and just watch from like, yeah, for real. He is is bullying people. He's absolutely bullying people. Like he's always had the skill. He just didn't have the attitude. That's basically it. Yeah. So Kevin actually is going to win this today. He wins who we play for day with two. Owen got one. Josh. Yes. He took the golden sombrero. Oh, for four. But like I said, that's the point. It's my job to trick you guys. I too. Oh yeah, we tied. See, okay, you guys tied. That's fine. You guys tied. So enjoy, enjoy the split. Uh, I I would have been interested to see how Manit did on that. I I don't actually know how I did, but maybe we'll see that in some weeks to come. Uh, Josh, we'll see. Maybe we'll we'll try to get you in here for another opportunity at that. Because like I said, but it's my job to trick you. I'm not supposed to make it easy. So I thought I thought Colt McCoy was going to be an easier one than you guys made it. I. You guys, yeah, dude, you guys were just, thinking Sam Ellinger, which is yeah, I was yeah. Exactly. That's what I was thinking about in Madden. I was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, former Longhorn, like hook him. <laughs> just just thinking, oh yeah, I saw him there. Um, okay, so now we're gonna shift into the pick'em. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear from Manny. He might be joining us momentarily to be joining us for the pick'em segment. But first, I want to hand the floor over to someone who did something very impressive this weekend. <laughs> Um, Owen went 0 for 6 in our regular picks this week. He did fine. Actually, the upset special really saved him this week. But in the terms of the games that we just picked straight up, Owen did not get a single one right. He he took the took the collar 0 for 6, which I don't believe has happened in the history of this podcast. So, Owen, if you would like to just say a few words about just the achievement and, you know. You know what? If I try to pick the wrong pick, game I don't think I could do the exact same thing if I'm being honest like (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I did it um I thought Chiefs Ravens was going to be a shoe-in I thought a couple other games were easy bits but clearly I was wrong uh you know what we're all there's only one way to go up and that's up like uh I'm going to be, you know what? I'm going to do 6 0 this week. So it won't even matter at all. <laughs> That's the attitude we love to hear. As for the scoring, Manit is still ahead. He has 14 points. He's got a pretty significant lead here through two weeks. I have pulled into second place with 10 points because I had a pretty good week last week. And then Kevin and Owen are tied with nine because while Owen did really bad in the picks Kevin didn't do much better I think he only got two right last week one or two right last week he he didn't do very well either so they're tied with nine I'm one ahead of them with 10 Manit is ahead with 14 like I said we're gonna wait for him he may be joining us momentarily to give his picks if not we will find a way to make sure that his picks are recorded and so he can maybe hold on to his lead so we're gonna go into will they cover which again, for everyone who knows, we just take the three largest spreads. We ask will they cover. Josh, I know that you're not technically here to score here, but we'd love for you to stick around and just make some picks with us. Just, you know, let's just have some fun. So 
we're going to start with last week or this week, the Lions and Browns also would be a part of this, but I kind of wanted to give them a break because like, it seems like we do the those teams like every single week. Plus these ones are a little bit more challenging. So the first will they cover Arizona seven and a half point favorites at Jacksonville. So will Jacksonville cover against Arizona at home? No, just no. I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> just no, they're, they're not going to cover that's all I got. Um, you know what? I'm going to go against Kevin. I'm going to say because Kevin did so bad at the covers last week, I'm going to say that they do cover against Jacksonville. You know, no, I, 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 I can't say yes. <laughs> no. With how well Arizona is playing right now, I really don't know how you can say yes. Um, it's not even just with how good Arizona's look, it's just kind of with how bad Jacksonville's look. Yeah, like, yeah, Jacksonville's exactly. not a good football team. I think we all know that. And so I'm going to also say no. I think seven and a half is a decent number. I think, you know, Vegas knows what they're doing with the odds books here, and they're trying to get everyone to take the Jaguars and say, oh, it'll be a touchdown win. I think Arizona wins by two scores. So I will also be jumping on the train of yes. So next one, also a seven and a half point spread. It's actually the Washington football team, seven and a half point underdogs at Buffalo. Hmm. Yes, I think they cover because Buffalo has not been extremely good. It's only been two weeks and they lost to Pittsburgh, who honestly Pittsburgh isn't. Um. I don't think Pittsburgh is anything crazy. Um, so, yeah, so I think Washington definitely covers because Washington's played everybody competitively. Uh, that defense for Washington is really good. Um, and now their offense is kind of freed up with Taylor Heineke just because of his, uh, his ability to move around the pocket. Uh, I think that might give Buffalo some fits. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's essentially a touchdown. I think, yeah, definitely indeed. be really tough i mean it always seems like every game that washington plays it's a close game exactly. um yeah I'm with Kevin on this one uh i just i feel like it's gonna be a close game i do think buffalo will win because they've won seven of the last eight against washington but i feel like it will be a close game and a lot of fun to watch yeah you know they just exactly what you said washington's defense you know Elite defense. Heineke looks to be a solid quarterback. I'm gonna take him to cover and and win. Yeah, I. Hmm, this is tough. I. I'm not the Bills. The Bills looked really good last week, but also, I mean, the Dolphins didn't look great after Tua left the game. But the Bills' defense has been very impressive this season. I'm gonna take Buffalo to cover this one. Uh, I like I like them over that. Washington's defense is having problems. They can't get off the field on third down, and they're having some uncharacteristic penalties for a Ron Rivera coach team. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get that, you know, all fixed before a really tough, you know, trip to one of the hardest environments in football. So I'm going to take Buffalo to actually cover this one um, and, cut, you know, cover that seven and a half number. So the final one of the of the week for this week for will they cover it? It is, you know, it's the team we talked about earlier. It's the Jets. They are 10 and a half point underdogs at Denver, which I feel like that's Denver's getting a lot of love this week. I mean, the fact is, I don't really think they should be 10 and a half point favorites over anybody, but here we are. 
Jets at Denver. What are you guys thinking? Do the Jets cover? No, that team is bad. And I know the Broncos are anything special. I think it'll be more of just the Jets being bad than the Broncos being good. I think the Jets will kind of just play themselves out of the game naturally because that's just what they do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Denver covers not because of anything special they're doing. Um, I just think that the Jets are just going to play themselves out of the game. <laughs> so <laughs> that's basically it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I mean, Bridgewater, he could go. He could do some nice things against New York too, but I don't know. I I don't have a lot of faith in the Jets right now, so I agree with Kevin once again. I mean, it's not more like the Jets are going to make it close. It's more that the Jets can't score on Denver's defense. I don't even trust them to score 10 points against that defense. More or less cover this spread. So, for me, it's, this is probably the easiest to know here. Not bad. I was muted. Um, you know, I don't think this one's as easy as you guys seem to think it is. I, I do agree with you guys. I think the Broncos are going to cover. But it's like, I just, again, I'm not so like the Broncos, like have it, has a team ever had an easier start to the season than what the Broncos have? Cause they got to play the giants. Then they got to play the Jaguars. And now they get to play the Jets. Like I have never seen a schedule that's that light early in the season, but you just know it's going to pick up. They're going to play like Kansas city twice in like three weeks, but which actually, I don't know if that's true. That actually might be true, but I'm going to take Denver. Uh, I mean, the fact is I don't want to take like all favorites. So, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say, yes, I, I think the jets are going to cover 10 and a half. I think they're going to hang around. I'm just going to go out on a limb on this one. Um, 10 and a half is a big number. I think they can keep it within single digits because I just don't think Denver's offense is as potent. So I'll just, I'll take the jets to cover. Why not? And so we'll wait to get Manise picks on those. Hopefully it's soon, but you know, we never know. We haven't seen him in like two weeks. So, but if he, if he jumps on, we'll make sure to get those picks for you guys. So now we're going to move into the actual pick them, just the, you know, straight up picks. Who do you think is going to win? We're going to lead this one off with the lions. Kevin, do the Lions have even a shot against the Ravens this week? Um, no. The Lions had either won last night – or not last night, excuse me. If they had won uh, Monday night or at least played competitively all the way through, I'd say maybe. But then again, the Ravens look really good. At least their offense looks really good. Um, so I feel like, yeah, Ravens are probably going to take this game. Will it be close? Maybe for a bit. Um, I think it'll be one of those games where like the Lions kind of stick around for a while just because that Ravens defense is a little uh, porous. But I think, you know, when, when you hit about midway through the third, you know, maybe early fourth, uh, it's going to be like, you know, that one play, whether it's a turnover or just a big t- touchdown that kind of just uh, shifts the momentum. And I think the Ravens end up kind of pulling away from this one. Oh, uh, yeah, Ravens. Maybe they could keep it close for a little bit, like they did against Green Bay, but I just don't see our defense keeping up with Lamar Jackson and that fast squad. You know, there's, there's always one game the Lions win each season where they're not supposed to win, and you get your hopes up for the rest of the season, and then you lose the next game. I don't think this is that game. I think the Ravens win. I, I will, 
this is a really tough matchup for um, the Lions here coming off a short week. And I got to prepare for, you know, one of the toughest players to prepare for in the NFL. And I just, yeah, I don't love the matchup. I just think the Lions defense is clearly the biggest issue on their team. I think Lamar's just going to have a field day. He's just going to look like his old self. I'm going to, I take in the Ravens and I'm taking, I'm taking them big in this one. I yeah, think, I think they're seven and a half point favorites. I would pound that. Yeah. Um, the the Lions are notorious for not being able to handle, handle QBs that can scramble even the slightest bit. So you give, you basically, you know, you put Lamar back there. The Lions are going <laughs> to, not going to get the just absolutely dismantled. But the only, the only thing that, the only good thing, or I guess not good thing, but the Lions actually play, this season, they played the bird gauntlet is what it's called. They play every single team in the NFL that has a bird as their mascot. So apparently apparently in history, no one's been able to beat all, all the teams in the NFL that in one season that, uh, that have a bird as their mascot. So if they if they win this game, the bird gauntlet starts. But if they lose, then, yeah, that, that, they can't get it. <laughs> so I wonder that's how many teams that actually is because I'm only like off the top of my head, I'm thinking of four. But it's, yeah, they play the play the Cardinals, um, Seahawks, Eagles, Falcons, um, Falcons. Yeah, Ravens. Um, I think that is that it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, is it? I forgot yeah. about the Seahawks, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so they play the Bird Gauntlet. So if they lose, then well, no Bird Gauntlet this year. But if they win, hey, there, there we go, man. There we go. So for this next one. I'm going to shoot this one out to Josh. I want to get his thoughts on it first. It is the Browns game because we pick the Browns every week as long as they're not will they cover. But they're playing the Bears this week. Josh, obviously, our you know resident Bears fan, uh, just want to get his thoughts. Fields' debut, can they pull out a win? You know, the defense really impressed me last week, obviously, with Joe Burrow, three straight interceptions. And, you know, they, we finally, our corner started to play a little bit better. I don't want to sound like a homer, but you know what? I'll just do it either way. I'm taking the Bears. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. <laughs> uh, I'm so used to going first. I, I forgot, you know. Um, I'm going to go. This is actually a tough game just because if if, uh, if Andy Dalton starting, I'd say the Browns <laughs> easily. But field starting, I don't know. I am a fields guy, even though he did play for Ohio State. Um, you know, I'm not a Michigan fan, obviously. I'm, I'm a you know state fan, but um, you know, I don't really have the same hatred for OSU that Michigan fans do. Um, sure, if anything, Ohio State and, and Michigan State fans usually just team up to crap on U of M fans. So um, I've always been a Fields guy, and you know, Michael's talking earlier. I mean, he knows the team, but he said that defense has some has some trouble, and he said Tyrod Taylor may have <laughs> beaten the Browns. So that being said, I'm gonna take the Bears. I'm, I'm gonna go on the box. Yeah, I think I think Fields in his official like starting debut. Uh, I feel like he pops off. I feel like um, you know. I feel like it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be really centered around his you know his use of his legs because uh, I feel like Nagy's gonna try to create a lot of um, a lot of plays for him that involve him getting out of the pocket, being being able to see the field, um, design QB runs. You know, letting Fields be himself and, and use his ability. Um, to his greatest capacity. So, uh, give me the Browns. I think straight up, uh, field. That's gonna be a really tough environment to go into. The dog pound. 
and try to win. But, um, I mean, he is undefeated in the state of Ohio at the moment. But I think that streak will end. But um, hopefully it's a close game. The Browns are going to be too much, especially with Nick Chubb and that offensive line. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not going to pick against the Browns. I mean, you guys know me. But, I I mean, I would take the Browns anyway. I just – the thing that I really like for the Browns in this game is I think it's going to take Fields a little bit to settle into the game, and that's where the Browns really thrive. I think the Browns are going to jump out early in this game, maybe like a 10, 14, nothing type thing. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. And basically, to me, the offense's job is to keep the defense off the field because, I I mean, I'm dead serious. The defense, the scheming is odd. The fact that you have a top five corner at Denzel Ward and you play him 10 yards off the line of scrimmage on every play, I just don't understand. Miles Garrett struggled to get rolling this season, but, I mean, he's like a volcano. He's going to erupt at some point, but with a mobile quarterback and being able to get him outside of the pocket, I don't know if it's the best matchup for Miles Garrett, but Jadavian Clowney is a really great run stopper. And we mentioned the defensive tackles, including Malik McDowell. So I like the Browns in this one. I think another interesting key will be Grant Delpit made his NFL debut last week for the Browns. He played very well. I think you're going to see him in a lot of spy packages with Fields. You're going to see Jeremiah Usukoromoa just watching Fields a lot. Like Basically, to me, I see this game for the Browns. This is like your practice rep to the Ravens. That's basically what you're looking at. You're looking at a player with a similar skill set, probably not with one as good as Lamar's, but it's kind of one of those steps to kind of see where your defense is at with a, you know, Lamar Jackson type scheme where the quarterback is probably going to be running quite often. So, but I'm going to take the Browns in this one. Like I said, I think they'll get out to an early lead and I think they'll ride that to victory. So the next one we're going to do, it's the last one for the early window. I was debating between this one and the Chiefs and the Chargers, but I figured that one was just too easy. That was probably going to be Chiefs across the board. This one, I think we might get a little bit of disagreement. It's the Colts at the Titans. Now, I know there's a potential that Carson Wentz doesn't play, which would make this pick probably very simple, and it might still be. But I just figured, you know, divisional matchup, Colts and the Titans, what are we thinking? Ooh, this is a yes, yeah, a tough one just because of Carson Wentz's injury. Um, may or may not play. It's I. I think either way. I think I don't know, man. That Colts defense is good. I mean, they they held they held that Rams offense, um, which in Week One popped off. Uh, they they held that Rams offense. Almost had a chance to win the game there at the end. Um, I'm gonna go Titans. Whether Wentz plays or doesn't play, I'm going to go Tennessee. Uh, I just don't think that offense for Indy is complete yet. And if Wentz doesn't play, then it's even more incomplete than it already is. Um, just because I feel like Wentz is just not having the best start to this season, whether he had the injury or not. I just don't feel like he's playing as good as he can. So I'm going to go Titans here. I mean, the Titans haven't been extremely um, flashy either, especially with the a team that they got, you know, they got Julio, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, uh, Tannehill, you know, they got a good team or on paper they do, but they haven't really played up to that. Um, but I do think the Titans win this game. Screw the Colts. I picked them last week. I thought they were going to beat the Rams. It was going to be like one of my upset picks and they didn't win. So especially if Carson Wentz is out, give me the Titans. 
Derrick Henry will have a huge game. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to it. I think, you know, Colts have a great defense, but at the end of the day, who's the difference maker? Who has those players that can, you know, make or break a game? And you look at the Titans, they have Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. They have all, they have the offensive star power that I think I'm going to take over who the Colts have on offense. So, for me, I, I think um, Titans. Yeah, this one's weird because so I picked the Colts to win the division early or before the season started. Uh, and they've had a tough couple games. They had to play the Seahawks and the Rams. I mean, they're staring at 0 and 2. I mean, if they lose this game, you're staring at 0 and 3. And that's not a place that you want to be. It's just with the injury surrounding Carson Wentz. If this game was in Indianapolis, I think I would take the Colts, like legit. But I think I'm going to go with the Titans since it's in Nashville. Derrick Henry just had a big week. I don't know if they'll have as much of a big week, but because now the focus will be on Derrick Henry once again, uh, I look to see A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have big weeks. A.J. Brown's on my fantasy team, so I would hope that A.J. Brown kind of has a decent week. But I'm going to roll with the Titans in this one as well, just agreeing with all of you. And we will move on now to the the game of the week, I think, definitely for this week. Uh the Buccaneers are in L.A. to play the Rams. This is actually the first time ever Tom Brady has played a game in Los Angeles, which is incredible considering he's been in the league for so long. But then again, football's been away from Los Angeles for a long time. So Brady's first trip to L.A., how does it go? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, this is a, this is definitely the game of the week right here. Um, and maybe you could put it at Eagles and Cowboys. Just got the divisional game, but I think this is probably just in terms of just the people you got playing in the game. You got Stafford, you got Brady, <clears throat> you got two, uh, you got two guys going at it, two guys that can compete. Oh man, because uh, this is a tough one. This is a, this is a tough game. I'm gonna have to go to the Rams just because Stafford. I just I know what he can do, and just because the fact that I know what he can do, uh, I just feel like at any moment he can just throw for 300 yards and have it be just like that so i'm, I'm gonna the rams here um this is really it's honestly a toss-up because both both the teams look really good to start off the season i completely agree with that yeah it's gonna be a toss-up i'm just gonna go the other way and say buccaneers i don't know why i just gonna go against Evan in this situation but um I don't know. The Buccaneers have looked really good so far in the season. I expect it the same the same way. I could definitely see a last minute field goal from Gay or something like that to win it for LA. But I don't know. You know what? I was zero six last week. Why not just go with the safe pick and pick the? I mean, it's it's Tom Brady at the end of the day. You know, I you don't bet against Tom Brady no matter what. I, I'm just going to go with the Bucs. I do think the Rams have a potential to be the more explosive offensively, but I, I just can't bet against Tom in the primetime game against an elite matchup. So for me, I'm taking the Bucs. Josh, uh, going the Rams. Yeah, Josh, I think you hit it right on the head. I'm just done doubting Tom Brady. Now, to be fair, I did predict the Bucs would win the Super Bowl last year. People laughed at me, but I, I did predict it. Um, I and it's not even just for me, it's this time or anything. I'm not sold on the Rams like everyone else is. 
I'm just not. I don't think Matt Stafford is that much of an upgrade over Jared Goff. Like, I'm sorry. I, he's got a better arm. I just like I just don't think he's that much. I don't think he's going to be everything that the Rams are looking for. I don't think he makes them a Super Bowl contender. I think they already were a Super Bowl contender, and he maybe adds a little bit. But I just don't – I don't know. I, I'm just not sold. I just got a weird feeling that this is kind of – it's just not going to really work out. And now with how well the Cardinals are playing, I don't even know if they're going to finish top two in their own division. So, I mean, I do like the Rams. I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I don't think Matt Stafford takes them to that level because honestly, I think they might already be there, but at the same time, I just, I'm just not sold. I need to see more because they almost gave that game away last week to a Colts team that didn't have Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz would have just maybe came out for that final drive, we could be talking about, we could be having a totally different conversation here. So I'm, but I'm going to take the bucks here. And now we're going to go into the Sunday night and then the Monday night game staples here on the pick them here on the pylon. So plus they're just two good games. So why not pick them? Uh, first one, Sunday night Packers at the 49ers. It kind of, you know, it's kind of been a house of horrors for the Packers here in recent years. They can't seem to win in San Francisco or beat the Niners at all for that matter. But how about this time? What do we think? Packers matter. Mm, I hate these games early in, in the season because it's like, especially just with how the Packers have been <clears throat> playing. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and the Niners, I mean, they struggled against the Lions, but the Packers handled the Lions pretty well, at least in the second half. Um, just like how you guys feel with Brady, you're just done betting against Brady. I just, I'm, I just can't bet against Rodgers <laughs> just because um, because I just feel like he, he's always he always has something to prove. Um, he, he always has. Um, yeah, he always always has something to prove. I'm going to go the Packers. Um, I just feel like Rodgers is just like, you know, at Grant, you know, they had one bad week and then they popped up against the lines of all teams. But. Yeah, I just feel like Rodgers has that switch where he's like, okay, all right, let's 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 get to work here. So, I, I'm going to take the Packers here. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting game. That's going to be a fun Sunday night game to watch. But Aaron Rodgers five and six against the 49ers, zero and three record against them in postseason, which doesn't really matter. But I'm going to go with the 49ers at home. Uh, like if they can control the football and be consistent with the run game and just eat clock like they do, um, I think they can win. But that's the one big way that I can see them winning in this game. Yeah, I'm, it's Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. And, you know, the 49ers haven't impressed me the last couple weeks. You had the big lean in Detroit. You allowed them to come back. You had a rough week offensively against the Eagles, who aren't notoriously a great defense. And, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, I get it's the Lions. I get, you know, it's their weak secondary of Detroit. But, you know, like Derek said, like, uh, yeah, like Derek said, like Kevin said, you just can't go against Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's, he has something to prove. He's a man on the mission. He's on his last dance. Uh, I'm taking the Packers. This one is really difficult for me. This was probably the hardest one for me to pick because like, I mean, like I mentioned that the Niners seem to have the Packers number no matter what year it is. And I'm still like, the Packers are still like, okay, you need to show it 
And now you need to show it to me against someone that's not the Lions. I'm like, let's be real here. They just that's just the reality, and that's the way things go. Um, but the Niners, once again, hit by the injury bug this season. They basically have no running backs. I think. I mean, I know Sermon's out. They don't have Mostert. They just lost uh, Hasty this week. So, I mean, I don't even know who's running the ball for San Francisco. So, I don't really know how effective that run game is going to be. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I just think the 49ers have – they're too depleted on offense. I still don't know what – I still don't know what's going on with Brandon Ayuk. Debo, Debo Samuel is going to be okay. George Kittle is going to do what he does. But that defense isn't really the same. It's still good. But I'm just going to roll with the Packers because that's my gut feeling on this one. And you know what? If your gut's with Aaron Rodgers, that's probably not the worst thing in the world. So that's what I'm going to go with. And to cap it all off here for the week three segment of the pick um, it's going to be the Monday night game. It is the Eagles at the Cowboys, the Cowboys home opener here in week three against an Eagles team that has played pretty well through two weeks, got a dominating win over the Falcons. And they played respectably last week against the Niners, just couldn't come up with, you know, that one final drive. But what are we thinking here? Divisional matchup, one of the one of the best rivalries in all of football, it's the Eagles and the Cowboys on Monday night. Yeah, that's ooh, this is a good one. Definitely, definitely a good game indeed. Jalen Hurts, he's looking a lot better than he did last year. Um, and and like how you said, you know, they they played pretty good against the Niners. Just yeah, just couldn't quite execute there at the end, but they still played good the whole game for the most part. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys have kind of surprised me too, though. At least in week one, they they definitely surprised me in week one. And I was expecting that one to be kind of a roller game. I, I thought they were uh probably, I thought they were getting blown out of the water, but they had the they they had the the lead with a minute and a half to go. But <laughs> Brady, man, you can't go against him. Um man, honestly, if it weren't for their kicker missing a bunch of kicks, you know, they honestly could have won that game against Tampa. So last week. Last week, Dak wasn't the best. I mean, it scored, what, 20 points? The defense did, did a good job holding Herbert. Oh, man, dude. This is a tough one. Ooh, I feel like at home on prime time, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I don't want to. I like Jay, I love Jalen Hurts. I love him. But I just feel like, um, you know, he's still got some growing to do. Uh, and the Cowboys definitely look good, um, especially in that week one game. Uh, I think the Eagles, like I think the Eagles are also a pretty solid team, but they got they still got a few things that they gotta that they gotta get. Uh, but the Cowboys, you know, just right now they look pr- pretty good. I'm gonna go Dallas. I don't want to, um, but I yeah, uh, I prime time Monday night. Yeah, Cowboys. I just yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Dallas here. Like whenever I want to pick the Cowboys, I always lose. And that's also why I didn't want to pick them because every time I want to choose them, they usually lose, which is why I'm like, uh. they get those big games. I always see that video of Stephen A. Smith on Twitter or Instagram laughing at the Cowboys or whatever. Losing. Yeah. But the Eagles have lost three straight road games, games versus Dallas. Might be stupid, but I'm gonna pick the Cowboys as well. You know, if there's an offense I had a bet on to show up and show up big, it would be Dallas's offense. Exactly. I, I I would trust Dak Prescott more. But something about it, I don't know what it is. 
I just can't trust Dallas to win against Philadelphia. It's very, it's really that gut feeling. As great as that gut feeling is, when I know Dak Prescott, I I know they're the better team right now offensively. I trust them defensively. Like this is a game that Dallas would choke. Like like exactly, there's any game that they would choke. It would be this one, you know. I mean, it's to Philly. It's playing your rival. It's always going to be a close game. Yeah. I'm taking the yeah, yeah. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, man. It's... Fly Eagles fly, as they say. Uh, Eagles fans are some of the most annoying, in my opinion. But oh yeah, Indeed. that's just that's just for me. I I had to meet like a big group of them right after they won the Super Bowl. Like they were all in like the same area as me. Oh my goodness, they were just that was. I mean, it was fair though. They won the Super Bowl, so I give them a pass. But as for this game, I. I think the Cowboys have fi- have figured it out defensively. I, I do believe it. Dan Quinn's got a good system running there. Josh Todd touched on Michael Parsons earlier in the show. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they played him at defensive end last week, and he was in Herbert's face like all, all the time. Long. Yeah. Um, and I think the back end, they got Trayvon Diggs back there, the rookie Kelvin Joseph's playing well. You know, late Vanderesh is playing well. Like they're playing well defensively, and that's without you know, their, you know, multi-million dollar man, Demarcus Lawrence. I, I'm i not really sold on the Eagles, like I said, about week one. I think that game showed us a lot more about the Falcons and how just terrible I think the Falcons are. So I'm going to roll with the Cowboys here at home. I think they're the better team, and I, I trust them enough defensively that I think they're going to be able to, with Michael Parsons flying around Jalen Hurts all game, I think he's going to struggle. And I'm just going to take the Cowboys at home here in the home opener where, you know, Cowboys fans, this is Christmas Day to them. So I'm going to take the Cowboys there to close out the week three picks. No Manit showing, but we will find a way to get his picks out. Um, when I when we get them, uh, we may put them out on a – when the podcast get released, we may just put them out on Twitter um, or something else. Or we'll just give it to you next week after the fact. We'll make sure that he doesn't cheat. Don't worry about it. So – We'll move into the final part of the pick which is the upset special, Josh. This is basically what we do here is we pick a game. You can't pick any of the games that are, were in the first segment, the will they cover, because we kind of already talked about the spread of those games. But you can pick any other game. It can even be a game that we had already picked. And basically, we use FanDuel Sportsbook here, or I mean, whatever odd site you really want to use. Find an underdog that you kind of like this week and – the way that we do the scoring here is if they cover that spread, you get a point. And then if that team wins outright, you get two points. And it actually kind of keeps you in it for, I mean, it saved me week one. Uh, it, it helped Owen out last week, or else he'd be in deep trouble if the, if the Giants didn't <laughs> pull off the if Giants didn't cover there. But so here it is the upset special, which, you know, it is very important. So always make sure that you make a good pick here. Just cannot be one of those first three games, anything else there. All right, so it can't be Arizona, Jacksonville, Washington, or New York. Can't be any of those games. Yeah, if, yeah. If you have yours, you can go and go. All right, I got Saints plus three. Plus three at the Patriots. I feel like it will be Jameis's week. He will be back. He just I'm got the week sort of thing. It's just sort of this trend, and I feel like <laughs> Saints will upset. The- We're losing you. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. That wasn't the game of the thing, right? So I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Um, I just don't think that Pittsburgh offense is anything special right now. Um, and Deontay Johnson, he's um, he's getting better, apparently, according to Mike Tomlin. But I don't know who if he'll be ready to go come Sunday. Um, I just, you know, I feel like that Bengals team, well, it's not anything special either. Um, I feel like they can definitely – uh, put up a good fight against a division rival in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Cincy to cover here against Pittsburgh and hopefully win, get me those bonus points. So, I'm going to go a little wild right now. It probably won't cover, but, I mean, why not? I'll take the Chargers over the Chiefs. Do I have any faith to win? Nope, but, I mean <laughs> – Hey, I mean, gonna, hey, with how bad that Chiefs defense has been, it, 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 it should be on paper, it should be a shootout. So I like that pick. The Chargers are six and a half. It's a it's a big number. And like I said, the Chiefs are having issues on the defensive side of the ball. The Chargers are definitely going to put up points in that game. Don't think for a second that they're not. So I actually really like that one. I was thinking about going with that one, but I think I'm going to go in a different direction. Man, it, I mean, there are just some really, really bad games this week. Like, there's just there's <laughs> some that just aren't good. Um, yeah. Like, a battle of – it's Atlanta at the Giants. Like, at Gi- I was going to take like, that, but it's almost one I want to take. Awful. I think the Falcons could low-key cover that because the Giants are so bad. But I, I don't – I'm not the putting both any Both teams faith, are bad. I'm not putting any faith behind Atlanta. Not at all. Atlanta, exactly. Atlanta exactly. might be the worst team in football. I was going to so, go that until – yeah. I was, you know what? I'm going to go with – the Vikings, one and a half points underdogs at home against Seattle. Minnesota's played two. They've lost two just heartbreakers, absolute back-to-back. First time the other team makes the kick, and then in the second game they miss the kick to win it. Eventually Minnesota's luck's got to come to fruition. I know for Josh he probably doesn't want to see that. But I, I'm going to go with Minnesota plus one and a half at home against Seattle. It's the home opener in Minnesota, too, in that beautiful stadium that they have out there. So I'll take Minnesota plus one and a half and see if maybe they can steal that game outright. And so that will do it for the pick this week, week three. Week three episode in the books as we prepare for tomorrow night. The Panthers will be taking on the Texans. In a Thursday. It just feels like a Thursday night game. That, that's basically what it is. Um, but week three is underway. Thank you all for coming on, talking some football. Josh, it was great having you. Uh, we really loved and appreciate your insight uh, about the Bears, and we'll see if maybe we can have you on later in the future, maybe even next week, to talk about Justin Fields. Or Bears talk. After we've uh, seen him on the field. So, <laughs> so with that, uh, I will wrap things up. You should, uh, this podcast should actually be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If I believe we should be basically anywhere you can find your podcast, just look up our station, Impact 89 FM through Michigan State. And that's probably where you can find us. So, as for myself, Michael Marcotte, Kevin McCormick, Owen Ozus, and of course, Josh Rayapan, we are out. We will see you guys next week for the week four episode of the pylon but that's going to do it for us so good night everybody